All right, and we are back for Welcome to the Dog Pound, episode five, for our... Yeah, episode five sounds right. So, uh, this is our Cyclone preview, and uh, I think we should have a, a pretty good time with this. So, I am your host, the dog, Robbie Nelson. I have my co-host sitting right across from me, Mike Kitt. Say what's up. How's it going? I'm here to help out and preview the, the best team in the state. Right now, so. <laughs> yeah, he's been waiting all week to get on this. So. Two weeks. Two weeks, excuse me. So, we also have our... Our special guest back from the Uniform Podcast. First, we have Riley Monahan. Say what's up, Riles. What's up? And uh, I agree with Mike, and uh, I'm so proud to be here. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the Bead Man, the pride of Riverside High, a true bulldog, Nick Beetle. Say what's up, Bead. What's up, guys? How are you doing? <laughs> Riverside in the eastern part of the state? Is everything <laughs> else? Let's get straight up. Oh man! All right. So, Kit, tell the good people what we're doing today. Like Rob said, we got the uh, the best preview in the uh, state right now. Going over, uh, sorry, the best team preview of the state. We're going to talk about the Iowa State Cyclones here today. I know we uh, we we satisfied some of those Hawkeye fans last time, but we're going to satisfy <laughs> the, the the best fans in the state right now. Just some subtle jabs at the the Hawks from Mike Kitt. I, I'm sure our listeners are not surprised at all. I'm not going to hold anything back. All right. Well, why don't you get us started, Mike? Yeah, with, uh, so like last week, we're just going to kind of go through position groups, and we're going to start off a little bit here with the offense. and uh, We're going to start with some QB here with uh, you know Kyle Kemp returning back with uh, six-year eligibility. Not can't get nothing to complain. He's a game manager. He's a baller. He's gonna he's gonna go in there and compete for that. He got some depth in there too. So I mean, he's not gonna be the only one that has seen some time in there. And we got some backups with uh, with Zeb Noland and some of the freshmen are really coming along. So you know that's kind of my theory with you know Kemp and mm-hmm. really pushing it out there. So yeah. I'm gonna preface this by saying <laughs> I I'm a fan. I'm not a Expert. <laughs> now it's barely uh, all districts in high school, so pretty. Uh, and that was like ten years ago. Well, what about uh, and your game against Ottoman? And forty pounds Play later, pretty well against But to me, looking at it, you know, Kyle Kent's added fifteen pounds over the off season. A couple guys on uh, Cyclone Fanatic Radio. Uh, our podcast talked about a comparison between Kyle Kemp and Peyton Manning. Talking about Kit Love, you know, <laughs> not in terms of success or, or skill or anything like that, but it's more on his football IQ and knowing how to get the ball out. Yeah, the, com- the comment was made that this is probably the best. I think Chris Williams made the comment that this is probably the best pre-snap quarterback we've never had at Iowa State. So, from that standpoint, if if you look at, and we'll talk about the wide receiver group here later on, but he's obviously the leader, one of the team leaders, a uh, common presence. If you watch any of the clips after the TCU game after Oklahoma, pretty level-headed. Um, and so to me, I think that's a, a key. Reminds me a lot of like a Maslow type. Where, you know, on the basketball side, we're going to be down 15, 20 points, steady hand at the wheel. 
you know, just constantly chipping away. I think he'll keep everybody, uh, you know, together and keep everybody going if we get into it. He's the glue that holds the offense together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll just chime in. Um, I think it's awesome that we don't really have a competition uh, in the years past with Paul Rhodes' teams. We really didn't know what we had until the ball snapped in the first game. So I think having uh, a guy that has a lot of experience out there, especially in the Big 12, has won a lot of big football games. His record's pretty impeccable, obviously, in the Big 12 since he started. Um, but I, I think um, the nice thing about this year's class, if something does happen to Ken, for example, we do have a solid guy behind him. Um, and Zeb Nolan, and then we have a couple other new guys that sounds like are a little different style, um, some running type quarterbacks. So um, I wouldn't expect, or I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those guys in the game, uh, just uh, for different packages. Yeah, we know Real Madrid is going to get some carries. <laughs> yeah. You mean Mitchell? Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> not, we're not talking soccer here, so. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's really, um, I just I like the guy. He, nothing phases him. He's calm. He's got this very analytical. He has a computer science major. He, he doesn't freak out. Um, it's, it's just different um, than we've had in the past, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, what you guys have been saying. And um, like you said, beat like with uh, Kyle Kent, he's, you know, pre-snap, he's the smartest guy in the field, and he's just cool, calm, and collected. Any guy that can go down in Oklahoma. He knows his limits. Yeah, and he knows his limits. He Get the ball out to our stud skill position guys, you know, and – any guy that can go down to Oklahoma and win in his first start is a true gamer, I think. So I feel I feel the best about quarterback I have in a long time. I think the big thing, you know, we talked about his added weight and he's developed his body a little bit more. Obviously, that'll help in terms of durability. Yep. Um, he's not a big, stocky frame kid. But the other thing that'll help, if you watch tape on him last year, you know, Alan Lazard, there's – probably 14 throws, 15 throws on the course of the season where a guy like Alan Lazard would cut off a route, come back five yards to catch a ball that's underthrown, yep. things like that. Um, you know, take 15 completions off, that's 3% off of his yep. season completion rate. So that's going to be a big key. He doesn't have to make, you know, miracle Brett Favre-type throws, um, but – you know, lead receivers put it out there where only they can get it. I think that'll be a big, uh, a big step forward for him. Do you think this is a good chance we have a quarterback finally start the whole season? <laughs> yeah, if he can stay, if yeah. he can stay healthy, I think he can do everything he needs to do. Because um, I don't think they really want to go. I mean, I think between the twenties, you know, I think they really want to focus on the ground game. Yeah. I don't think they want to. I mean, stretch the field where you can, but I don't think it's a thing where we want to. Sitting a shotgun, five wide, and trying to air raid all day long. So, yeah. got to run. And, and, Campbell, and Campbell's going to exploit options on the defense side. He's going to find places he can pick apart depending upon what team they're facing. So, it's not going to be, there might be more runs one game and more passes the other. So, yeah. He's yeah. a balanced guy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Going, you know, going forward from there, you know, with, uh, Probably the next position group, probably the best group in the offensive side, probably got to be the running back position. Yeah. You know, All-American possible candidate with David Montgomery. And then there's four other guys right behind him. They're all vying for the backup spot. So, it's you know, after him, it's kind of questionable. But it sounds like they're very serviceable, fast guys, shifty guys that can be kind of a complimentary back for him. You know, Johnny Lang and 
Mike Warren, if he's in, you know, back there, former thousand yard rusher and freshman All American too. Yeah, so I mean, they got some you know guys back there with Kawangu uh, uh, and stuff like that. So they got some talent back there. It's just got to see what they can come forward with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So David Montgomery is a absolute beast. You know, we could rewatch the highlight of him running over the outlaw uh, Josie Jewel. Jewel. A <laughs> hundred times over because that will never get old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he forced the most missed tackles uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Like he's just balanced runner, can make his own yards. Like last year, behind a horrible offensive line, he was still one of the leading rushers in the Big Twelve, which is really incredible. Um, I'm really excited about getting Kane back. Because um, he has speed uh, upon speed, Sheldon Crony with his, you know, mash of a hand, <laughs> whatever that looks like. Uh, his gunshot wound. Yeah, his gunshot wound looks like JPP <laughs> with a with a claw. He uh, he actually showed out pretty well last year when he got some carries uh, later in the year when Montgomery's banged up. Mike Warren is he probably won't get a lot of carries, but you have to love the kid for sticking it out. And then I'm really excited to see what we have with Johnny Lang. So. What do you guys think? I'm just, you know, if you think about David Montgomery, he made almost all of his, the first move that he made was in the backfield mm-hmm. every single time. Think of what he could do if his first move was one, two, three yards downfield. Oh, yeah. That's the next level for David Montgomery. But I think if you look back at the Toledo days for Campbell, and Kareem Hart, who's obviously a wonderful talent, but it was always a two-back system. And I think that's what, you know, especially with Matt Campbell being the offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator. He doesn't want somebody to have 300 carries. Well. Right. It's not going to be a Troy Davis uh, <laughs> yeah. type, type <laughs> workload for him. So we've got to develop that second back. To me, Sheldon Crowley is that guy. Had some really good games last year where he had a feeling when David was down. Reminds me a lot of Hiawatha Robert. <laughs> he has no Hiawatha. Yeah. Oh, Hiawatha. From, from his R&B fan, but he... <laughs> He was a big physical kid, you know, Sheldon's 5'11", 206. I'm more of a north-south guy. He's not going to make you miss. But in short yardage, I think we struggle sometimes. Give it to David and, and let him try to make a cut. We need somebody that can take it with a head of steam and get us two or three in a cruise or something like that. Um, I don't think Mike Warren will take it a handoff on all year. Yeah. I think he'll be... You know, filling in a safety spot, thing get on the field there. Um, and credit to Mike because, you know, tough, tough to, business. to go from that position where he was as a freshman, you know, and still be here and, and be a leader in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, credit to his character. What power to him. Johnny Lang and, and Ken Longer, just a different level of speed and, and shooting that so we've seen. So it's pretty exciting. It's nice to have a complimentary backfield. Absolutely. I mean, there's not a lot to say about David Montgomery. I, go, I hope he gets a little more respect this year with the likes of Jonathan Taylor Bryce Love because I think he's a top five back in the nation. Um, Iowa State may shield some of that just because of how it can be uh, just in national news. But I think uh, he's one of the most complete backs that I've ever seen in Iowa State. And he works harder probably than anybody else I've ever seen in Iowa State, according to what I've read uh, about him. Uh, some of the other guys... Um, I think the cool thing about this group is some of the routes they may be able to run out of the backfield. Um, last year, we didn't do a whole lot of it, but I think you can get some of those scat backs like Johnny Lang out there and Keen 
um, in what they run. And I think, uh, I don't know who's kick returning this year, but if Nwango is back there, I feel really good about that position because his freshman year, he was, he was all American, wasn't he? All American. So he's got the speed, um, as Beal said. So again, uh, not a lot of love to break down. I think it's just another solid group um, that we have returning. And I agree. Like, this group, if we can get a few more catches, I mean, Montgomery had probably, you know, 20 catches out of the backfield or 15 or so, but if this whole group can get a few more, it might take off some of that, you know, because our Ryder Shooter group lost a lot of senior leadership last year. So, I mean, they're talented, but, you know, what can they go forward with? And that's kind of moving into the next group. You know, we got Akeem Butler returning. You got, you know, a senior in Matthew Eaton. Um, you got, you know, a former freshman that played a lot with Deshante Jones and we got Tariq Milton that's really coming up, you know, Jalen Martin and, you know, Carson Epps, who was really good as a freshman under Paul Rhodes that really played a lot and hasn't really, you know, touted from there. I mean, there's a lot of talent that could be out there. And Lane Makers who returned kicks and stuff, we got some speed. So, I mean, the group's got some talent. It's just, you know, with losing three seniors, it's kind of tough. And, you know, how are they going to adapt and move forward? And that's where Kemp and some of the running backs come in to complement them. I'll hop in on this. So, um, so last year, Iowa State had six receivers with at least 20 receptions. And I think this year, again, it comes down to flexibility because from what I've been hearing is Tariq Melton's the real deal. Uh, one of those freshmen that they've been impressed with. He stretched the field. I think he's going to be the punter. That could be very well. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like Deshante Jones is going to be the side-to-side guy from what we heard. We all know what he's capable of. He's got a lot of big ball snaps underneath his belt. And then I'm glad to hear that Matthew Eaton's finally healthy because I, I was really impressed with him last year. I know he was hurt, but I thought he was a big-time, big-play receiver. Mm-hmm. You got him and, you got him and Butler. you got two guys out there that I don't know how you're going to defend, especially if you have both on the field and you put Butler on the inside. You can kind of put him anywhere. Um, and he can stretch the field as well for a six-six <laughs> guy. Absolutely. So, really good looking group for this year. If you think about our slot position, um, you know, Trevor Ryan was a track guy. He was good at straight line speed, but didn't have that shiftiness, you know, that we might be able to sit with Trent Melton, Deshante Jones. That's the big key for me. We use a lot of that bubble screen, mm-hmm. wide receiver, wide receiver screen type action. And if they can make guys miss, you know, Trevor didn't really have that skill set. Um, if Wizard or, or Hakeem Butler, whoever had that block, could seal that guy, then he could get some space to the sideline, then it was a pretty effective uh, a, a pretty effective play. But if he couldn't make the, the first guy miss, you know, that's what I think those guys bring, rather than a Todd Miller, Austin Flynn type, run to the sticks and try to catch football across the middle. So mm-hmm. that, that is going to be a big... Um, if those guys can't show out like that, that would be a big differential. Now, I would also say, too, is like I think Murdoch and Lazard were huge run blocking. And even, I mean, after the catch, blocking downfield. Yeah, That's especially where, Lazard. That, those two are going to really. It, we we lost a lot in blocking lines that they made. Like, that was largely because of them. I know Butler wasn't bad, but it's still one of those things. Like, you wonder what Eaton can do to really block in and stuff if they can really take it off. And, Help kind of run support. Yeah. But, the, but the frame should be there. 6'6", 225, at the, end, at the outside in the next position. Matt Eaton's 6'4", 211. Jalen Martin's 6'3", 211. I'm not sure what Carson is, but all those guys, 
have the frame and the, the wingspan. Mm-hmm. I think create separation, try to see as well. I think Mutler could be a better pros prospect than Lazard, possibly. I think his ceiling is higher. Yeah. Absolutely with his tools, whether he wants to go out and get it or not, but I think he, this could be a coming out here. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Keen Butler. I think he could have a really special year. Um, I know Kim's gonna you know spread it around like we're not gonna ever have the guy that's like Oklahoma State where they have you know 1,700 yard receivers, but uh, Akeem's the real deal, and I'm really excited about him. I'm excited about Matt Eaton too when he's healthy because he had that one game last year where he really balled out. Uh, what game was that? It was he had two touchdowns. Texas, I think. Yeah. yeah, it was Texas Tech, and, yeah. and I think that was a, a a good showing of what he could be too. And uh, Tariq Milton, I'm actually really excited about. I think he's going to be a special kid. So um, I think this is actually a pretty good group, even though we lost that senior leadership. Now. Within that receiver group, there's also the tight ends. Is True. this the year we finally have more than ten catches? At the tight end <laughs> <position>? <laughs> I wish. I, I don't think so. I, don't I think, think they're going to go too a lot. Many, I think we've got too many wide receivers. Yeah, they're a little more. You know, because the only place to me, Chase Allen isn't a stretch, stretch of field guy. He's a good athlete. He's a little more durable for going across the middle, maybe. Yeah, but. They really haven't done a whole lot. Of They're that. more road graders and yeah. tight ends. But like to me, is is one of those things. Is like I have a feeling Campbell's going to try to get three tight ends on the field occasionally, and try to exploit some bigger packages on teams. Because is it going to be a passing out? They want the Dylan Schoner to play or Soner? Is that yeah, how you Dylan say that? Yeah, because he's six seven two seventy. I mean, he's a big kid. Charlie Collar is a uh, freshman too. They're not really excited about. Yeah. But all of those guys have the size. Chase Allen's up 20 pounds. Yeah. He was sick. Got uh, hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. Right? In fall camp. Yeah. Last year and still had a really good year. I think he can make some of those plays. I don't know that they'll. To me, would I rather, in order, I'd rather have Hakeem or Matt Eaton in a slot. Turn it out in the slot. Yeah. And throw it. <coughs> swing pass to Kevin or Montgomery. Chase's down the list quite a ways, unless we could really exploit a mismatch where it gets mixed up with an end or a middle linebacker or something yep. like that. And that's where, that's where I think Campbell is very big on, because he likes the best 11 guys on the field, no matter if it's three tight ends or three receivers, some kind of thing. I, uh, I don't think we're going to throw to him very much either. Um, I think with the size of these guys, they're going to probably move around the backfield and the line of scrimmage. I think helping run, run game. Because I still don't think the offensive line is obviously still a pretty young class, so I see them out there on the edge. Um, we got some big guys that do that on the Dylan's, uh, you know, 270 pounds. Um, and Chase Allen is physical enough to also yeah. block, so I think that's how they're going to use them, and I think that's kind of how I use them at Toledo. I'm not 100% sure if they were throwing a lot to those guys at Toledo or not. But I don't think they did. I think it's just a question we hear every year, like when we get to see the football, which is, yeah. which is not. He'd like at least one catch a game on average. Like, yeah. I mean, it's there. Dylan Singer, essentially, fast, dodgeable. Tackle, yeah. That they can slide around. Yeah. He played a ton in that, coming down, like sealing at the end or that scraping linebacker or something like that. Um, athletic kid, but she's 6'7, 270. And I think both of you guys are right. I think they're going to keep them in line to help the offensive line, which we'll probably talk about next. Because that's. A worrisome group, and you probably need all the help you can get with blocking. 
I just I think they're going to get more than ten because I have a feeling Campbell's got something up his sleeve that people haven't seen, and yeah. he's really wants to put that many tackles or tight ends out there to try to fluster some teams, like especially Big Twelve teams if they're going to come three man fronts on them. He's going to be like, here, I'm going to give you three tight ends to yeah. block me with it. Yeah, so go go kind of power um, and still throw out of it because yeah. a, a lot of Big Twelve teams have undersized linebackers, so yeah. you so, know you can overpower them. Yeah, and I mean, kind of going with that, you know, the power aspect. They're going to you know the offensive line, the, the big road graders up front. My, my favorite, my favorite group <laughs> of the uh, offensive side of the football. Gotta love the offensive line; they make you go right. So I mean, yeah. big part of the team. Yeah, this uh, I mean, this group is probably the weakest on the offensive side. It's it's the most question marks out there. I mean, you have a few starters with you know Kniffle coming back, uh, Good Jones um, could be playing anywhere on the line. You know, Bryce Meekers you know had some injuries last year, but you know finished out you know some of the season. Um, Foster has some you know starting experience. You know, left guard's really probably the, the only spot that doesn't have anybody coming back, but. You know, this group is not what Campbell wants right now. He wants he wants a true offensive line, and they're still working at that. So, I mean, anybody in this group can sneak into a spot because they're they got they got some talent there. It's just not what Campbell wants for talent quite yet. I disagree. I think this is the best. It's the best so this far is the under this group they ever had. Yes, but it's still not his. It's still not good. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know, I should say good, but still not what they want. To me, you look across them. Uh, in terms of the high test for Iowa State, 6'8", 312, 6'6", 309, 6'5", 296, 6'6", 309, 6'5", 309. So the size is there, right? By all, by all accounts from fall camp, these guys are trimmed up, moving well. Um, some of these kids came in and, you know, had the extra weight, you know, they weren't a, a good 309 from... You know, that starting five sounds like they are in as good a shape and ready to go as they've been for quite a while. To me, the key is going to be Colin Newell. If Colin Newell can come in and play center, we can move Julian Good-Jones to somewhere where he can be more effective. And he's probably our best lineman, too. Right, so if he's the most athletic, um, has good size, ideally would you have Julian play tackle? Yeah, I'd say to be... That's- they want him to play left tackle, I think is what the plan is. If Colin Newell can play center, they want Good Jones to kick out to left tackle. I to think me, is the plan. To me, I mean, Campbell doesn't like to pull a lot. If you watch that stuff, he likes to do a, more of a full block or like a trap where they're not coming all the way around the outside for the guard position. He'll have the center come down if he doesn't have anybody head up on him. He'll have the center come down one or two gaps. All like this. A step, trap. yeah, a step trap kind of right. what it is. Is it, it? It's a step up. It's a step back and then back up field when the block comes across you. Right, and Julian Good Jones, you know, is really effective in that role because of his, you know, he's, he's got good feet. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he can move. If Colin Newell can do that, I think that frees Julian Good Jones up. And if you look at it, they, you know, they have more depth than they've had in the past. But four of the five. Guys in the number two slot in the two are freshmen or redshirt freshmen, so not a lot of experience in that group. But Colin Newell, he's a Ames native, he grew up in Iowa State here. He's, you know, so those are the guys he likes to cheer for. Hopefully, he can, he can make a big step. Yep. In the rotation. 
Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Colin Mills, uh, he's, he's been pretty exciting to, to learn about, at least from Matt Campbell, what he said about the kid. Um, the interesting thing about him, I think, is, is with the, the, the redshirt rules about uh, being four games, really interesting to see um, if they march him out there and see how he does against a, uh, you know, South Dakota State, um, just to see how it fares out there, if he's in shape, you know, ready to handle it. But it sounds like about seven or eight guys that they're pretty comfortable with, um, and they may not know who they're going to go with until game one or two, and we've seen hmm. that year after year. Um, they get guys out there, and they just don't perform. So I think we got a decent group, but again, if, if some of those guys start going down, it just gets in, in really quickly, as it always does. But uh, I do feel confident in Julian Goodjones. Um, I thought Josh Nipholm was pretty good last year for coming in kind of late. I think he was maybe in there a little bit, but I think he could be solid at the guard position. But it's a nice pickup on Iowa. Was a, I was kind of surprised that guys offered that uh, we picked him up, but it sounds like he was an Iowa State fan. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's good to see. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> agree with you guys uh, have said. I think it really comes down to if Colin Will can play center. I think if that happens, we can have our best five guys out there because – Good Jones, I, I think they really want him at left tackle, and I think that will help a lot for the whole line itself. So, But, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Campbell is very big on getting the best guys out there. Yeah, like, like you like said Like he before, did yeah. with Joel Lanning. He's like, I'm yeah. just going to get you on the field. I'm going to find a spot for you because you're, you're a baller. His, his, his theory is players, formations, plays. Find yep. the best players, the best formations for him, and then the best plays in time. So. You guys think uh, Ogie will finally get some snaps this year? I think we'll get some snaps. I don't know if it's going to be. Might be in the Akron game when we're up by 35. <laughs> that poor guy, man. Just yeah. A monster. I know he's he's huge. I've always wanted to see him play. I, I always seems like Campbell calls him out on every little thing. Yeah. Notice. I just I always wonder if he's just got a little bit of a edge that Campbell's always telling him he's not doing stuff right, but he's always right on the verge of a mm-hmm. some playing time. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, great. So now. The big question is, is is there is there going to be big talk about and not having a technical offensive coordinator? I don't think so. I, I think people get too worried about not naming somebody. Is I think Campbell's, the whole group has been in there together on what to call. Like, they're going to throw plays at each other and just make it, you know, work as we go. There's through. going to be a lot of guys involved with the game planning itself, and I don't think it really matters who actually has the title or not. You know, I absolutely agree. I think Joel Gordon is the unofficial offensive coordinator. Really? Yeah, but I think he'll be in the this run because he's he's quarterbacks coach, right? Yeah, yeah. So, was offensive coordinator at a D at a D two at a D two yeah. He was the at the game. They actually lost to Northwest Missouri State. Well, but sorry, D two master. Yeah, I am. I got my D two football covered. I think the thing about this program is it's kind of plug and play. That's what I like about. Foundation, I think that uh, Campbell's built is they believe in a philosophy. They bring guys in. He's not afraid to hire post grad assistants and get them in the system. Mm-hmm. And I feel pretty comfortable who's got there out there. It's all about trust in their process. Absolutely. Yeah. And to the players, to the coaches, they they're all on the same vision. And before we did not have that with previous coaches. We had Mangino trying to do one thing and Rhodes trying to do another thing and. There's no continuity, and I feel like we finally kind of have something going here. Yeah. But the offensive coordinator position is, is the most overrated in terms of coaching searches, in my opinion. Everyone, it's always a big deal. Yeah. Everyone, For fans. From a fan standpoint, <laughs> yeah. they want to make a splash. Yeah. 
remember how excited we were for Ben Gino showed up? Well, to be fair, anybody was going to be better than Courtney Bessing here. <laughs> well, you know, you could you could have hired you, and I would have been pumped. <laughs> but, <laughs> have you noticed a lot of schools have all this co-offensive coordinator crap? It's yeah, like, like TCU why, does that. Why does it matter? Yeah. That? Yeah. it's think, just it's just paperwork, basically. I think when you look at this group, the reason they've been so successful, probably five or six years younger than the average staff in America, and some of these kids are younger than us. Yeah, that's true. That she asked us, how old is he? He's like 28. Yeah. yeah. He's young. Yeah, I don't know, but so to me, I think it was a deal where maybe Matt was a little, or Coach Campbell was a little nervous about promoting Joel Gordon and the kind of backlash that they would have, or it's like, like it's oh, a, I'll eat it right now. Right, or it's a one year audition, but I think they're very confident in, you know, in their group, right? And so rather than going out and bringing in a high, you know, high profile name that would maybe throw off the chemistry of the staff, they just bring Joel up and where did where did Coach Hoffman go? He's in a special assistant. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's working for the staff, and he's still there. He's just not on like as much game day or off the field. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be there. It's just I think he wanted to spend more time with family, if I remember right. Uh-huh. So he's still there and you know helping group. So well, now we'll uh, move over to uh, the defensive side of the ball. So probably start out with the D line, which. On paper, right now, is probably their best group as a whole right now, and that's hard to say for an Iowa State team since what, maybe two thousand five. Well, yeah, five with Nick Leaders and that group. You know, so I mean, you know, you got Jaquan Bailey could be an All Big Twelve player if he if he keeps out of his head. You know, at that point, he's got the talent. He's got talent exactly, and then you got uh, uh, Azarike on the outside, the other end. He's a young sophomore. He's got size six. Huge. (laughs) <laughs> big for, you know, at the end. And then you have Ray Lehman in the middle who can plug some stuff up and, you know, kind of a uh, guy that's played a lot but not, like, starting-wise with Jamal Johnson. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they got some talent. And, you know, backup-wise, they got they got a lot of kids there that they finally got enough size that it may be worth it, you know, because how long how long was it with the Paul Rhodes era? We usually had a 6'2", 230-pound defensive lineman out there playing and getting pushed Terrible. all over we finally got, you know, size in that position that's going to, you know, make a difference. So, Yeah, I I am so excited to actually have what I would call a D1 defensive line finally. Big 12. Big 12, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we went so many years with guys like you were talking about that basically look like you and me out there just trying to scramble and make plays. Just playing because there's, no else <laughs> there's nobody else, you know. <laughs> no, and not, like Not me. Yeah, but I mean, like, we finally have guys like Ray Lima, who's a dude. Like, he's going to play in the league, you know, and Jaquan Bailey's so talented. I think he's going to break our sacks record eventually. Uh, and then you have guys that aren't aren't playing yet because they're still trying to, you know, figure out the position, but are just specimens like Matt Leo and Tonga Moa. Like, this is just awesome. We actually finally had depth. Like, we've never had depth before at that position, so... And this is really exciting. I will say is I think a key guy that might be in this that won't get much playing time, but out there is Angel Dominguez. He came in as a DN, and he tore his ACL a senior year, so a lot of schools backed up off of him. Uh-huh. I think he has a lot of talent. Yeah, just going to see how it progresses to the field. Yeah, and I mean he's what a Richard freshman, so I mean he yeah. still has he has time he to grow. Time, yeah, but it's just one of those things. It's like you know, 
know, you like to see those kids get out there and get their feet wet a little bit, even if they, even if it's against Akron or South Dakota State. The Bailey brothers were a big pickup. Um, yeah. Jaquan was probably the least disciplined player we had on our team last year. Um, <laughs> I was, I was going to kick out, you know, Jeff Wood and the, uh, the Cyclone Fanatic film star here for CFT. You yeah. can refer to him by name. Yeah. You say none of that team. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to refer to his name until yeah. he does something. Until he does something. And we all remember the Texas game, right? The yeah. The number shifter, the mistake made on the field or something. Yeah. But if you look at those guys, Jaquan Bailey and, and Spencer Bennett, and be the weak side, right? Yeah. Um, both high motor, very athletic. I watched a lot of that TCU game, and they would set, they would line up. Really wanted to try and confuse those guys. So they would line up with four guys that hang around and draw Jaquan or Spencer into that five yard hook zone or whatever you call it in coverage. I think that's something they can do, you know. And, and so, what be multiple on defense. Those guys give them the opportunity to be there where in the past we haven't had guys that have the athletic ability to go back and play a little coverage. Um, and then Wazariki and uh, Leo are just beast. scary looking guys. <laughs> guys on the defensive end, two guys that have finally the size and athletic ability of a Reggie Hayward, Jason Diamond type. Yep. Um, compared to, you know. Tyson Smith. Yeah, right. Um, the, the, hey, Tyson um, Smith played in the league, man. Uh, I know. <laughs> On the inside, he was a linebacker in the league, wasn't he? Though? Yeah, he was a linebacker in yeah. the league. Yeah. I agree with you, Kit. Maybe um, Dominguez could be kind of a diamond in the rough there. But those guys really need to um, continue what they've done. Bring them that really good year, keeping uh, Joel Bland clean. Um, middle linebacker with really experienced position we're trying to, to fill right now. Probably the weakest side linebacker, of course. So. If they can, I mean, you know, if they can fill gaps and try to occupy double teams, that's going to be the biggest, you know, the, the biggest key there. I think and have some success defensively. 100% agree with you, Bill. Um, having that uh, feeling good about the defensive line helps the young know, back really immensely, especially they're still trying to learn the position. Um, but I just echo what you guys said. Some of the guys that kind of pop off the charter, I would say, user, user can't say his name. Wazarike. Um he, he was quoted, I mean, Bernard Campbell was quoted a couple times about him being the best athlete on the defense um, a year or two ago. I still think he's a little improving. I think he, he's got a high ceiling. I'll just say that. Uh, and then we know we're getting Jaquan Bailey. I think he let his waistline get away from him a little bit last year. You see him kind of uh, huffing and puffing a lot of yeah. on the defense. It sounds like he's contributed up quite a bit this year. Um, so that's awesome. And then, yeah, the, the guys in the other guy that I've heard. Uh, Tucker Robinson, you guys probably never heard of him yet, but he sounds like he's a, a really young, good guy. I mean, Spencer Benton, I think, is, uh, is pretty good as well. Um, but otherwise, you know, Jamal Johnson came on. He dropped some weight as well. Mm. Um, I think he's a solid a solid player. And there's not a, a Ray Lee, but Ray Lee is my guy. Uh, that guy is fun to watch. Just plug up the middle. He just will throw a guy in one hand. So <laughs> it's a guy we haven't had yeah. in a long time. He's just a beast, man. Absolutely. And, and I think it's one of those things where, I've always seen a lot of teams that succeed is they're they're moving a lot of defensive linemen in to keep them fresh, and that's that's why I think it's a huge group to have a lot of 
Yeah, we can finally that, rotate guys. You can yeah. rotate in, keep them fresh, and keep them running at the quarterback and doing their thing. Whereas, you know, linebackers and D-backs, you can keep out there, and they're usually pretty fresh a lot. Where D-linemen, they're down with their hand in the trenches, and they want to exploit the offensive line. Yeah, so. and I think last year, too, like when we switched to that three-man front, Ray did such a good job of just anchoring that whole middle. Yeah. You know. And I think they're going to do a lot of switching in and out of defenses to keep them. Yeah, it's going to be right. multiple this year, yeah. I think. So, like, you know, like Beal said there, the, the linebacking crews, the, the middle linebackers, a new position, a lot of young talent there. But, you know, we got Spears coming back and Harvey on the outside. You know, they may try to keep them on the field as much as possible, you know, depending upon what offense they're facing. But, you know, big big starters at, you know, linebacker could be, you know, uh, Orion Vance, you know, Bobby Millen, who's played a lot of special teams. We got some few snaps out there. You know, Tamar Sutton had, a, you know, a decent year. And, and then they're talking even, like, True freshman Mike Rose might get some playing time, you know, with yeah. redshirt rules and get him out there and see what he can do if it's really going to take off. But you know, they, you know, the outside, you know, especially in this linebacking crew, the outside's got a lot of the skill positions. It's the middle that's really going to see what we can hold together with. So, I uh, I'm a big John Haycock fan. So I, I I guess after last year, he really proved himself in the Big Twelve, and I couldn't believe how good our defense improved uh, from year to year with him back there. So. I think he knows what he's doing with the guys in the middle. Um, it sounds like uh, Orion Davis is the clubhouse leader for that third spot. Um, big kid, uh, was pretty talented out of high school. He was at Cedar Rapids, if I remember correctly. Um, definitely got a linebacker body already. And then Bobby McMillan, we've seen a little bit of him, I think. I'm not sure how much he played a lot last year, but he was pretty serviceable. And we already know what we're getting, I think, in Willie Harvey. And, Marshall Spears, I mean, that guy, I think he's, uh, was a Texas Tech game. He was just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Found himself in the right spot at all times. So, like, yeah, the TCU smart, pick. Very smart football yeah. player. And that's a guy that I didn't see coming. I, I knew about him, but uh, he, he came, he really surfaced last came year. Came off so. the radar kind of thing. Yeah, so I think just, uh, yeah, a younger group, obviously, in that weakness, but with the, with the line, I think, uh, I think we'll be okay. Willie Harvey, Marshall Spears, both of those are known commodities. Um, don't rule out Jake Hello in the middle as an option. I really like O'Reilly Vance, um, Tyler Sutton at 5'10. Um, he's a little bit smaller kid, but he was really hyped out of high school. Um, I'm a, my guy's Mike Rose. Um, heard mention of him. Six four, yeah, six four. I think too. They went over to watch him the Friday night before the Akron game last year. They just went through and they got done. Yeah. And so I, I watched a little bit of his highlight stuff. To me, reminds me a lot of AJ Klein. Um, more of a you know a high IQ kid has a nose for the ball. Um, out of Brexville, Ohio, got some pretty good size, six three two ten. So. Yeah. I think he's going to be, you know, moving forward probably, you know, as a freshman, um, kind of one of those names that we get pretty familiar with. Um, the only thing is, you know, Campbell says he'd rather play you late than too early. So that's the, that's the one thing you, you want to be key on, too. So. But, I mean, he's he's doing well in camp. He play too early than late, right? No, he actually won. He'd rather. He even says he'd rather play you too late than get you too early and not play you end up later. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, it's all coaching theory. So. Shirt, uh, I guess I thought his, uh, you know, his 
Yes, the great kid, the best guys on the field. Be a wide position if he needs it. I think he'll he'll play. When, when you talk about that, though, kid, look at you know, think about the recruiting and where where that's gone. Um, You're gonna look at the look at the names that we passed up already that were stars as freshmen that are now not seen. Way on the depth chart. Yeah, Deshante Jones, mm-hmm. Mike Warren. And Reagan Northrup yeah. fits in here too. Reagan yeah. Northrup and you know him and Jay Jones was at fifteen. Yeah. Two thousand fifteen they played a lot. Yeah. You know, we relied on him very heavily. He's got a lot of experience to fill in some of those roles. I think he can play all three positions. He'll he he'll see the field. I think so. Yeah. So but it's just and he can play the star. Star star position, yeah. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it's you got to put the best players out on the field if they need it. But if they don't need it, they're going to try to redshirt them as best as possible. And with the new rule. It helps with the new rule. You can get them snaps. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah but Do you have anything on the line? Back yeah. Back? I just, I wanted to say, like, Marcel Spears and Willie Harvey, like, it's just, it's nice to have these experienced guys, especially when we don't, we lost a leader and Joel Lanning in the middle. Um, but I'm excited for the youth in the middle, like Orang Vance, like we're talking about, and Mike Rose, like, that, that's the future of our linebacking core, and I think I think it'll be a good deal. So I'm excited about it. It is definitely probably the outsides are definitely probably the more skilled position. It's just that finding what's the best for the middle. And they might go more four two five or something and get you know the star position out there a lot more than an extra linebacker. You yeah. Never know, so. And you know going into you know the defensive backs here, you know we got you know PB and Payne. This is probably the best corners we've had in a long time, you know, especially if they're both coming back and all big 12 caliber. Yeah. You know, the safeties are the big question mark this year, even though, you know, you have Lawrence White that played well in the bowl game and started, but that wasn't a big 12 team. You know, you're going to see what, you know, it was cotton mud out of position a lot, maybe, and see how well, you know, White can take over for him. The same with, well, guys. I mean, Memphis is, they play like a big 12 team though. Mm-hmm. I mean, offensively, yeah. But, you know, they aren't big. I think it, They're not Oklahoma caliber Yeah, but players. I I think White playing in that game helps a lot. Like, if he's going to have snaps this year, he got experience in a game that mattered. So. And, you know, Eisworth, who's a, you know, a, a sophomore uh, Juco transfer that I think he was at Old Miss before this and yeah. and left before after his redshirt year. And, you know, he's got some talent, you know, a former, I think, four-star recruit, but... You know, you got Demonte Ruth, who's kind of the maybe the glue of the defense. Who he's played a lot in the three years he's been with Campbell, and finally a senior, and he's kind of the guy that's kind of taken off as kind of the utility man out there who can do a little bit of everything in the star position. So, yep. and you got a lot of young talent on there. A lot, a lot. Of, I see a lot of redshirt freshmen in the depth chart with uh, Keontae Jones, uh, which is Keontae's brother. You know, Richard Bone III, who they had big praise on. It's, it's one of these things where they, they're starting to get some young depth there that are really coming up as freshmen and just don't know how much playing time you're going to get. Yeah, and sorry, I just want to jump in. Uh, PV is all Big 12. He's probably our best corner we've had in a long time. Uh, DeAndre Payne has really came along, and I, I love that we have two studs on the outside that we can trust. And like you mentioned, Kit, DeMonte Ruth is – Really came on, and I, I think Campbell really trusts him. So he'll be on the field a lot, you know, star or whatever, filling in. Um, and then the safety position, I think Eisworth's going to be the real deal. They're really high on him um, at, coming out of the JUCO. And then, like I mentioned before, Lawrence White, I think getting 
playing time in the bowl game helped a lot. So I uh, I think uh, we, can, we can feel pretty good with our defensive backfield. I, I feel pretty good about these guys. Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, it sounds like DK McDonald is really happy with about eight guys that he has, um, which is great because he's never had that in his career. Um, so it sounds like it's a pretty crowded room, which is a, a good problem to have. Um, I really like um, Devontae Ruth. I thought he came in last year and was kind of uh, in the right spot at the right time in a couple years where I was kind of a hater almost at first. I'm like, why is this small guy out there playing? And then he started making plays, and I was like, well, I'm glad he's in there now. So. Uh, a guy that I think can have a key role this year in Eisworth, uh, as Rob said, I think is going to be good. Uh, you know, Ramsey goes in and sit on the bench, so I think he'll be a really good player. And then uh, they really like about the corners, you know, Payne and Evie is their sure tacklers. Um, and that's huge in the big fall, obviously, you know. Um, so having guys out there that aren't real tall, but they can make the sure tackle, and they can run stride for stride with the big guys. So other guys that are out there, like Arnold's, uh, I've heard really good things about that case, a bigger kid out of Texas um, that they were really high on. I think he was dinged up last year, but I can see him getting some pretty good reps at, at corner this year. And uh, a lot of young guys, Keontae Jones, for good things about. But uh, it sounds like they got the pieces. Uh, they just need to become consistent and then be comfortable out there against a big ball offense. Yep. Payne and Ruth have been really good in the run game. Coming up and breaking That's going to be his big key. Um, They're good at getting off of blocks out there. Anything at the start of safety position. Yeah, you need that in the Big 12 for sure. Braxton Lewis has 35 games on his participation chart. And I think he's a uh, walk-on, too. I don't know if he even has a scholarship. I'm not sure on that. Well, he's a redshirt junior, isn't he? Yeah. Lewis. So, so I mean, yeah, he's been around a while. I know I think he came in as a walk-on. So I mean, He, he probably has a scholarship now. He, he might, but he's one of those kids where you don't know with him coming in, and he's turned into quite a decent Big 12 player. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get snaps for sure. So those guys, you know, less of these guys in the whole game last year where um, the suspensions came down for some of those secondary guys. And Lawrence White, Braxton Lewis got to start. Yep. Got a lot of playing time there. And, you know, pretty important, uh, pretty important scenario. So, like you mentioned, Kit, um, it's no secret that uh, when they did their defensive grades last year, um, it sounded like, you know, according to Chris Williams, Mario Calamoyo was constantly out of position. Yeah. Like he was a gambler, you know, it was maybe a little more confident in his own abilities rather than, you know, his actual ability. Playing you know, more of a, uh, a team or swarm type. You know, so, you know, he, it might be addition by subtraction. You know, I think so, actually. Uh, yeah. If those guys could just be sound back there, the big thing that we we are going to struggle with is can those guys, I mean, who's going to be, when we look at like Iowa, for example, we are going to do that game, you know, coming up, but um, are, who are tasked with some of the, the tight ends? Who's got Fan, Fan, Hawkinson, that's what scares me. Is, uh, yeah, is that's going to be a tough outside, test. Yeah, outside linebacker guys, is it someone in the corner of star position? Uh, there's one of those safeties that are coming up to try and take care of that. So that's going to be a big, you know, maybe a little bit of a question mark in the secondary team effort, for sure. Exactly. Well, I mean, we got to talk about it a little bit, don't we? Kicker and punter. I mean, this is... This I, is I want to talk about this. This is key. So, yeah. I mean, a kicker, you literally have a true freshman coming in, or you're going to have a walk-on redshirt senior. I mean, you got... Either Chris Francis, who does the kickoff duties, or you got kickoff specialist. Chris kickoff Francis. specialist, exactly. <laughs> and you know Braden Ar- uh, Narvison, who's a you know 
kid out of. They're excited about uh, Narvison, though. So, I, th- I think he'll end up winning the job, honestly. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It's it's it's, it's a true freshman. That's going to be tough. Freshman, what are you going to have when he's finally on the field and kicking in Jack Trice in front of seventy thousand people? Yeah, and you play Oklahoma game three at home. I mean, that's going to he might be in a pressure situation, so you yeah. don't know. And then you got Corey Dunn at the punter position. Forty-five year old Corey Dunn. Yeah, Let's get that right. One about forty-five. <laughs> Who was the kicker last? Year? It was uh, the Oregon State kid. Yeah, the kid's uh, trained. What was his name? I don't even remember. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't have to worry about him. That's the point. We didn't have to worry about it. Probably as consistent as anyone, you know, that we can remember. How many games do we lose on on kicks? Not very many. No. Yeah. Made some pretty good. I mean, he was really solid in that 40 to 35 45 range. We were 85% in the red zone last year. You know, and so that was huge. I mean, Empty possessions are, you know, something that we really need to avoid. Margin of uh, error is very low. Yeah. So I think Eric Gary Owens was the kicker. Yeah, so that was right. funny, yeah. And, that, and that was my point. I mean, no one remembered him. I mean, would you, kid, remember the name Tony Hill? Yep. Well, how cra- crappy he was out there. Right? Kit was trying to fight him. That's why he remembers him. I, I called him out a little bit. That's all right. That's not good. So I think that's the, one of the biggest, you know, positions that we need to replace. We return to, what, six starters on defense and like eight, I think, on offense. So not a whole lot of roster turnover. But a lot of them special teams. But a lot of special teams. Yeah, and that's where some big plays can be made, you know, Punting and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I don't understand. I haven't looked at it, but do you guys know what's the real change on the kickoff? Yeah. It's so, tell you. so the big thing on the kickoff is is anytime you fair catch it inside the 25, you get it at the 25. So I think there's going to be a lot of changes where the team is going to try to boot one high and try to cover it, and people just fair catch it now. So I think there's going to be a lot less returns. Yep. So even if you're fair catching at the one yard line, you're still getting it at the twenty five. Now if you get tackled inside the twenty five, you don't get it at the twenty five. But yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting on concepts and what teams do. Because I think because you'd rather get it at the twenty five than have a return to yeah, the fifteen. I think even Joe Houston said when they interviewed him, asked him about that. He goes, "I have no clue what teams are going to do." He goes, "I don't even know what we're doing. We're going to have to play it by ear and see you after three games what you know what's trending." I think yeah. I think this group is very big on analyticals as a staff, and they like to look and see what's going around you know the country at that point. Yeah, um, just looking at the the depth, I guess for the kickers, um, I think Narvison will probably win it. Um, it's going to be nice if he does have a four year kicker. It's always good to have someone that's there for four years. Yeah, you can rely on and, uh, another Coleman. Yeah, exactly. all Big Twelve Coleman. Yes, and that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he got a lot of crap, but if you look at his total numbers over his career, they're just phenomenal. Well, he had a great he had a great last year. His freshman year really hurt, hurt yeah. And that's where Ar- Arvison can be the same at. That's true too. Yeah, it shouldn't be on him. Yeah. yeah, and that and I hope, like you're saying, Riley, with the freshman kicker, like it shouldn't be on him, and hopefully he can handle a pressure situation. Like if it's a close game against Oklahoma, and we need to kick to win. Hopefully he can just you know have confidence in himself. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it's an unknown group, obviously, at this point, so we won't know until South Dakota State you know, lost those early games, but um, it sounds like, you know, Francis could probably kick if we need him to, unless he's still in competition, I really don't know, but the Narvison, Francis, and Connor uh, Hassley, <laughs> that's how you say his last name, <laughs> is the third guy in the race. Awesome. I mean, 
that's kind of the position groups. I know it's it's really something where it's all hearsay right now until they're on the field, but it's good to have a little discussion and, and, and get our perspectives. So, uh, so now, now the best part of the day, moving into the seat, the game by game prediction. Um, you know, we all know it's, you know, it's, it's not a hundred percent set in stone. Stuff can happen throughout the season, but you know, it's, it's really one of those things where, you know, you like to give your perspective on what the season's going to be and see if you're right or wrong at the end. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of start it off here and uh, start out with the, you know, week one where the the Jack Rapids of uh, South Dakota State come into uh, Jack Tri Stadium, start out season, you know, a very highly rated FCS school coming in with some talent on their squad. Um, I do want to bring up a joke for you guys. Uh, what, uh, what are Jack, uh, why aren't Jack Rabbit cheerleaders allowed to do the splits at games? Anybody know? <laughs> Uh, they, they may st- they may stick to the ground. <laughs> found that found that one for you guys. So yeah, where'd you find that? Uh, Some South Dakota forum? Uh, well, no, be, I think it was a yeah, it was South oh, Dakota forum. They, the big, Coyotes, the Coyotes were uh, very excited <laughs> about ripping that. on their rival. But oh man, I got this one as a win for the Cyclones. Uh, I'm gonna predict it as a 42-20 win. Um, you know, I think I think they have, uh, Cyclones got too much talent for the Jackrabbits, but. Jackrabbits are talented and score a few points. I think our offense is going to kind of take over. So. Yeah. Um, I'll jump in here. So South Dakota State uh, went to the semifinals in the FCS playoffs last year. They lost a lot of guys in offense. So they lost Dallas Godert, uh, I think is how you say his last name, uh, to the Eagles. He was a second-round pick. I mean, he was a legit tight end. They lost their uh, all-time leading wide receiver as well. So. They'll be hurting a little bit. Um, they're still going to be a good FCS team, but we should roll in this game. I hope it's you know by at least three touchdowns. So I got this as a W. I think our struggles against FCS teams have come from um, poor size skill on the offensive and defensive line in the past. Yeah, getting worked over by North Dakota State. Remember right. that? That's right. <laughs> you know, we talked about the size and the athleticism or ability of you know both of those offensive and defensive liners. I think that's going to be the biggest key here. I think it's going to be tough for South Dakota State to run the ball in this game mm-hmm. and allow, you know, Wazari K. and some of those guys to pin back, not from the quarterback. And if they're breaking in, wide receiver and their tight end, um, you know, hopefully those guys are ready because um, I think they're going to rely on heavily for the Jackrabs to move the ball. So I don't know why to score. I, I, I don't think it's going to be that high. Any, any point here? 25, 28, 35, 21, something like that. Um, so I'm glad we're not playing you and I this year. So <laughs> that, that, that is good because that in-state stuff is what drives kids, where South Dakota may not have that. South Dakota right, yeah. may not. We're going to deal with Panther Hawks and the whole shebang. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to talk about South Dakota State. Until week two, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I think... Uh, I think we're going to have a lot more confidence this year going into this game. We're uh, just have to be the momentum we had at the end of the year last year. I think these guys truly believe they can go out going on, on these FCS teams, which in the past I don't think we had that kind of confidence. Um, so, again, it goes down to having this, the right size guys, uh, the athletes in place. Um, but I don't know if they have a guy that could stay with the King Butler. Or, or, you know, if we start double, they start double teaming some of those guys. It sounds like we have options that can yeah. turn the ball to. And then, if Montgomery gets anything going, you know, he doesn't need the, the best offensive line to, to have a 100-yard game. So 
I expect him to run over 100 yards. I gave him a couple touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing 42, 17, somewhere there. And, you know, I could definitely see this being a game where, um, where, you know, we're, we're just excited to be out there playing, you know, not against each other again and really pushing it out there. So, uh, next week we go, uh, we, we play that team, uh, that team out east. Well, what is it again? Oh, the, that, that 12, that 12 and 0 team Jeff called out last week for, yeah, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, I think this year is the year Matt Campbell gets off the snide of beating the Hawkeyes. I, I got them winning, same same as I did two weeks ago, 41-38. I think the big the big key is going to be our slot receivers and tight ends versus Iowa's new fresh linebackers out there in their in their uh, middle of their secondary. Um, I think that's something Campbell's going to try to exploit, and you know. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where New, New Kirk tries a fake punt and, and Matt Campbell sniffs it out and knows it's coming, and, and we, we stop it right there. So I think that's going to be a big key to the game. You know, I'm going to get shit for this because I'm with you guys. Ooh, Boo, Rob. Uh, but I don't want to be a flip-flopper just because I'm with my Cyclone brothers here. So I have this as a loss by three. Beal's not going to ever talk to me again, I'm pretty sure. Uh Going to Kinnick, I think it's just, you know, it's a tough atmosphere. I think I'm worried about them exploiting us with, like, Noah Fant, the tight ends. Like, you know, can we keep up with that, especially with our safety play? I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I got us losing by three. Beetle, please don't punch me in the face. (laughs) There went Rob. (laughs) I'll, I'll let this one slide. We'll, we'll start that area for our uh, argument about taking college football players. Oh, it's coming. Um, that's all we hear about, right? And no fans can always play, and that's a big part of their strategy. Um, so we're all going you know, to talk about this game. So now we're going to stop no fans. What about anything else? How are they going to stop a wide receiver? Wide receiver, uh, you know, wide receivers out there. Um, got a bottle up. Uh, David Montgomery. And, and I think, in terms of talent and speed, we're probably more ahead. This is probably the first time. For the, for the first time in a long time. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm, I do a lot of on Jeff. And, yeah, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't stand out, um, but they've been the better team for a long time. And even when we were able to beat them all so well, they, they were still the better team. They were still the better team, exactly. Like 2014. Got our talent, um, and, they, and they have been known for developing talent, getting kids in and, and developing, especially, um, you know, on the offensive and defensive line. You have, respect for, you have respect for that. It's just, you know. I, hey, I love Kirk Ferentz. I love Kirk Ferentz. I don't care where he's from, you know, <laughs> but I love Kirk Ferentz. Um, you know, and their kids, it's the fans that love the, the talent. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the that's the lunatic fringe. I understand that there's a lot of good guys like Bill and Jeff out there, but to me, I think that when this game, I think Iowa State wins this game 28 21. I don't see it being as, high, as high scoring. I think, because I don't think either team is going to want to. Figure it out. You know, I think not, it's not going to be similar like last year. Game. I don't think so. Because I mean, like last year we exploited 
you know, broken coverage with like Hakeem Butler and, you know, those big plays. Yeah. And then they exploited us with Akron Wadley, so. I think our guys will have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and they'll be wearing black hats, black pants, white jerseys. You, you think they're going to pull that out for that game? I would. I would. I would. Oh, I, would. Man. I, I don't doubt Campbell. Campbell doesn't care. Yeah. Iowa fans and Iowa State fans are going to be pissed if that happens. You know I would be pumped. I know, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, the old old time guys. It's a Super Bowl now, B, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not, not going to broadcast it. I could see them. They're not, they're not going to broadcast it before that game. Yeah. They're going to come out at them. And what do you think we wear game one? The Super Bowl is the next week when we're wearing all black. That's yeah. Well, it's not at night. It's at 11 a.m. But we might be on ABC, so. No, but we might be on ABC, so we'll get to that. Um, so with this uh, matchup, guys, I think I think the talent gap has closed uh, where it was not even comparable probably a few years back. But we've won some games with some pretty shitty talent. Uh, so I feel good about our wide receiver in this game. Um, I don't believe they have an all-American corner like they usually do back there. I know they have some good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of their corners come out of the woodwork. They, they I do. That's the problem. Because both those guys did. Josh Jackson yeah. did. I had that talent back Yeah, Desmond so, King. Uh, so that's what I worry about. Yeah, it is. So, but I do still feel good about the wide receivers uh, for that game. Just talking a little bit about Iowa. Um, obviously, I think Nate Stanley's a pretty good quarterback. I think uh, he had phenomenal numbers last year for being young. Um I still think he has a tendency to throw in tight windows sometimes. So I, I see us, I don't know if we win the turnover margin in this game. I think we win. Um, I talked about the turnover margin last year. It was pretty incredible. It's kind of lucky. I don't know how that happens very often, but it favored us in a lot of games. So, but uh, again, the tight ends, I think we'll have a plan for the tight ends. Uh, and they're not going to come out and surprise us. You watch our film, we're throwing into fan tight end seams all day. Um, I, I think we'll have a plan, but. Uh, the linebackers do worry me a little bit. Uh, but I take, I'm going to take Iowa State here, even if being in Kinnick. I just I don't see Matt Campbell letting the team lose this game. I, I just don't. Um, I'm, I'm going to go 31 29. All right. And that, that's a good point, Riley. But some, some things that I noted um, you talk about turnover margin, and to me, that whoever makes the most mistakes in this game will probably lose. It was us last year. Yeah, if you look at last year, yeah, we were 16th in the country in turnover margin. We're tied with Kansas State. Well, what does Kansas State under 114-year-old Bill Snyder do? They don't make mistakes. I mean, they, they want you to beat yourself. And that's that's how they win eight games every year. Right. So we, we were 17th in the country in penalties or you know fewest penalties. 16th in the country in turnover margin. The Campbell machine 10 and 2 when they win the turnover margin and not, they won one one game. Whether it was even or negative one, that was a bowl game. Bowl game, yep. Yeah. And you know, the fumble, like fumble. fumble. <laughs> so you know, you know, they're negative one and that game something. Um, those are some keys that I think they on and kind of forgot about. But those, are, you know, a lot of these games that you look at, if we can continue that, Campbell talked about in their first year how excited they were to come and practice every day. Because they weren't worried about winning games. I mean, they weren't working on winning games. They were working on guys wearing the right stuff to practice, right? And it changed the culture completely. The little things yeah. that, you know, add up to consistency, we'll see, yeah. you know, and eliminating mistakes. That's going to be the key. And, and so, 
in a game like this where, you know, if you're evenly matched, it's probably a three to four point advantage for being in king. Um, so whoever makes the least mistakes probably wins the game. And what and did we say last week? Uh, I was like a two point favorite or three point favorite. It's, which it was two and away, a half, I think. Yeah, if you take away Kinnick, so it's basically actually, even. Yeah, it pretty much favors Iowa State if you take away Kinnick right now. So, I mean, that's telling you that the people out in Vegas are like, something's up with this Cyclone team. Yeah. The Hawks. This yeah. is the first year, I feel like, in a long time where we haven't heard Hawks to say, we're just going to run it down their throat all game. Yep. I haven't heard any of that. Um, I don't know if it's because they're unproven in the backfield, but I think we finally have a, a respectful defense. Not a Big Ten, maybe defensive line, but a, a good defensive line that can at least hold him at bay and make Stanley throw the football. And again, I think he can sometimes throw into tight windows. Um, so I, well, I hope he cops a couple up and we got enough cornerbacks to take that to the house. Yep. So, good. Well, I do like to see we uh, three of us have him at 2 and 0 right now this season compared to. Uh, so-called Hawkeye or a Cyclone fan over there, Rock. <laughs> hey, I think we'll be pretty much the same at the end of this. So, I, so next week, week three, uh, starting the Big Twelve play in the kind of the middle of the non-conference schedule. There, uh, Oklahoma comes to Jack Trice Stadium. We all know last year it was the big upset down in Norman. Uh, I think I think this is bulletin board material for Oklahoma this year. It's going to be. A big bullseye put on a team picture of Iowa State in their locker room that week. So uh, this, it's not going to be an easy game for Oklahoma walking through. I got Oklahoma winning this game, uh, 35-30. Close game, Cyclones battle, which is not going to be a walk in the park for them, but I do got Oklahoma winning this for Cyclones' first loss. So. All right. I actually have as a win. Back-to-back wins over the Sooners. I'm walking out right now. <laughs> They're breaking in a new quarterback that just signed a $5 million contract to play baseball. And this is going to be his first road test Big 12 conference play. And we're going to win by a touchdown, just like last year. If we can beat the Heisman winner in their house, we can beat them at Jack Trice. Rodney Anderson, the running back, is a legit running back. He's all Big 12. He's probably the best running back in the conference. Him or uh, Justice Hill from Okie State are probably the best two. But let me finish. Let me finish. We're going to win it by a touchdown. 35-28. They're going to be driving late, and Brian Peavy, big pick to seal the victory against the Sooners. Boomer Sooner, my ass. When when was the last time we had a two-game victory? Never. I think it was like 66 and 67 or something like that. No, I think it's never. Okay. <laughs> if I had to replace a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, Connor Murray could be a place to start. Right? Yeah, he's, he's talented. Good ball player. Uh, I'm afraid, you know, I've, I've got a ball too. You know, you talk about the run back. Run what about Trey Sermon? Second, you know, second string. Yeah. He would start in a lot of places. He would. Um, they always have good lines. I think they're just going to be too much. And uh, I think they're going to have, you know, we're going to have a target on the back to uh, there. So, to me, this is one of those games. I think last year, the Texas game was kind of like this, where you start off well, you think, this is a, a chance to take the next step, right? They come out and win this game against Oklahoma. That this is a step stepping stone, right? Um, 
to a level that we want to get to. Eventually, I don't think we're there yet. So I I think uh, Oklahoma 35-21. Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma here. Uh, Again, Baltimore, uh, they cannot be happy about that uh, game last year. That's pretty embarrassing that Ohio State come out. I'm not saying I'm glad we're at that point where we finally. Okay, Paul Rhodes. I know. But when you look at the total history, of yes, the I know. Which is we have six wins ever. <laughs> so I, I take Oklahoma. I know they again. Rodney Anderson's a horse. They got some good wide receivers and a Brown kid. Uh, I don't know. It just depends. I guess the first two games that we have, you know, we can come down. Say we beat Iowa. I see us definitely chumping to Oklahoma. That if we beat Iowa, I, I don't know. Maybe these guys. I don't know if they get one game ahead. I don't think they're that type of team. But. Uh, just, I, I just don't think we have it um, in the cards this year. So we we all have Iowa State down as a loss now. So there's no no national national title undefeated national title right now. So next week we uh, we uh, play the uh, mighty Akron Zips coming into Jack Tri Stadium with the Matt Conference with the Rob, human radish as their coach. Yeah, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob's favorite conference. <laughs> Terry Bowden, the human. He's radish. always red faced. <laughs> He's like four foot five. Yeah. I got uh, with this game. I think Akron's defense is probably one of the best in the MAC this year. Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. It's going to we're going to struggle a little bit after you know coming out and losing to Oklahoma, playing tough, but you know just struggling a little bit. Still got Cyclones with a 27, uh, 17 win, double digit win. Uh, but I think Campbell being nice to the max school calls off the dogs a little bit, and we don't score at the end to run up the score. So I think it's it's a decent it's a decent victory, but it's, it's not one that's going to be out there freaking run running re- double reverse passes for touchdowns on on max school. It's going to be <laughs> us struggling just a little bit coming off the emotional loss. Yeah, I uh, I have this as a win too. Um, against the, the mighty Zips of Akron. Uh, like Kit said, um, I'm a big Mac fan, so I, I feel like I know quite a bit about that conference. And you're right, their defense is actually pretty legit. And they have my brother at quarterback, Cato Nelson. Um, but we should be able to win this. Uh, I think it's going to be close for similar reasons. After the emotional win against the Sooners, They'll have to come back down to earth, but I, I got them still winning by 10. Yeah, um, I think this being the, the fourth game, I think we cruise to a comfortable lead, um, and then we get the guys out there that we're unsure of for redshirt um, out of the field a little bit to see what they have. Um, but I think it's going to be a pretty vanilla uh, game. I, again, I don't know a whole lot about Akron. I thought last year's game, uh, we had a couple guys that I didn't really know about, but the Monte Rouge that came out and played a great game. Um, but uh, in, I think, uh, Jack Trice, I feel like we'll, we'll cruise to 48 26 victory. Uh, 42 14. Akron win? I was <laughs> Next game. Next game. All right. Next question. Next, next week, we go to TCU, so it's the second Big 12. Uh, uh, game in our uh, in the conference uh, again. This is another game that I got marked down for the Cyclones of the loss. Traveling to uh, Dallas, which Rob will be in attendance for that. I season, will. that game. Um, I got. I think it's going to be just similar like last year. I think it's going to be a low low scoring game. I think uh, Patterson is very similar to 
what Iowa State wants to do. They want to run the football, control the defensive side. I got TCU winning uh, 13-10. I don't know if it's on a field goal, but it'll be a 13-10 game uh, to take it. So uh, I think Iowa State struggles offensively for a second week in a row a little bit. So yeah, even uh, though TCU does have a new starting quarterback and stuff like that, yeah. it's still I think it's all pad- patented around Patterson's you know defense. It's really solid. Um, I'm actually in agreement with you here, Kit. I uh, I have them losing down in uh, Fort Worth to TCU. Uh, their defense should be filthy. They have um, a lot of veterans on on the defense. Um, you are right; they do have a new quarterback, Sean Robinson. Just got named the starter. He's a true sophomore, um, but they're they're always able to score points. Um, their offense always has guys that can you know. Score, but I also agree. I think it's going to be low scoring, just like last year. So, I hope it's a, a win, but it'll probably be a loss. So I got I got it down as a loss down in uh, Fort Worth. I think I think we can come out and win this game. All right, twenty-one fourteen. Obviously, offensively, you still have Quante Kirkland. You that guy's nightmares. <laughs> Big road graders up front. Yeah. No, no. Patterson has an offensive and defensive line. And Michael Collins, you know, by the end, could be uh, in the running at quarterback, transfer from Penn State. Yeah. He's got a really good spring. Um, then, I think, a, a number of injuries in the secondary, specifically quarterback. Um, but the big thing to me, I, that season going to be half full. Right? They're probably in the running for the Big 12 championship. Yeah. I just think, you know, it's just kind of a deflated atmosphere. I think we're going to take advantage of that. Coming off of a, a thrashing hacker to get a confidence back. And go down and take care of business. Um, I think for this game, it's kind of just like Oklahoma last year, uh, kind of heartbreaker. Uh, I, I, I see TCU winning. Uh, they're loaded on defense, as I said, Rob. Um, I don't know if the stadium will come into play or not, but uh, you're right, it is pretty sleepy down there in Dallas for those games. But uh, I think, again, that Kenny Hill, last year, like I, I thought he threw the football half the time. Yeah. Um, just didn't look solid. Iowa State's defense made a couple of huge plays late in that game when we were down there. Uh, my favorite play was when our cornerback fake me and hurt. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, they come back with revenge, and uh, they do win this one, 28-24. Gotcha. Nice. So, next week, we uh, back-to-back road games. They uh, they head down to Stillwater to face the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Um, to me, is is I think this group's going to, after a couple you know a couple Big 12 losses, starting out 0-2 in the Big 12, this is where this group really buckles down. Um I think Oklahoma State doesn't have the talent as much anymore with Mike Gundy putting his name out there every offseason on what school he wants to go to just so his name gets out there, like Tennessee and all these other schools. Um, that might be his agent. But um, I think they have less talent. Um, I got the Cyclones going down there and winning 31-24. Um, I think this is the year they finally get uh, Oklahoma State. So, um, yeah, Mike, Mike Gundy's mullet goes down. So. He shaved the mullet. He did? Yeah. Just as of, like, yesterday. So, as Samson got his hair cut and lost his power, so did Gundy after he uh, got his hair cut. Um, 
like you said, Mike, like they've actually lost a lot of guys. They lost Mason Rudolph. They lost James Washington. Um, really, on offense, the only thing they really return is Justice Hill, who is a good good back. But we've been so close to getting these guys so many times. I mean, we we had seats down the end zone with the controversial play last year that would have uh, tied the game for us. So I think we finally get them in Beatles' favorite place, Boone Pickens Stadium. So I got the clones winning by a touchdown. Nice round off that. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. We've had these guys on the ropes down in still water. Yeah, when Jacob Park played that one here, I know we played pretty good in that game. Yep. Um, I thought we gave that game up because I think we were up by a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were up like 31-17 or yep, something. And lost. Losing 34. And then they got behind our defense a couple times. Yep. And it was like, well. So, with that being said, um, I'm going to take the clones here, 37-35. Uh, Excuse me, 30, 34-20. Um, I think the Cyclones here, and we just need to contain uh, Justice Hill, and uh, it will be okay. How much uh, How much money is Boone Pickens giving you to uh, make this pick here right now? Quite a bit. I'm taking the State here, 42-35. Um, Guns up. Well, the voice of Zach Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Not Zach. Um, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, 2008? <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Cornelius is a fifth-year guy coming in. Um, to me, in a, in a Kyle Kent type role, he's got the guys around him, so he doesn't need to be a Mason Rudolph. To me, I think you win in this stretch. You win one of those two games, TCU or Oklahoma State. That's the same thing I thought. Yeah. I took a win at TCU in the sleeping environment. I got to take a loss here. I, I don't think they see, you know, I don't think they're going to vote. So I'm taking the, I'm taking the post. Yeah. Feels good. Too. I, I, love I know. It's I your, know. It's your favorite team, basically. Yeah, that's going to The next week, uh, home game, the, the Mountaineers of West Virginia come into Jack Tri Stadium. Um, I, I really think Campbell gets off the snide on a couple games this season where he hasn't beaten a Big 12 team. I don't think it's this one. I think the offense for West Virginia is is just too much for our defense. Even though West Virginia's defense is not that great, it's going to be a little more high-scoring game. Um, Dana Holdenson comes back to Iowa and coaches again. Comes, what was he at? North, uh, Northwestern? Uh, North or I can't remember what school he was at with uh, Leach, but he comes back to Iowa and coaches a victory for uh, uh, West Virginia. A 42-33 game for West Virginia. I got them winning it at Jack Trice. So, at what, American League. Yeah, get it right, get it right. <laughs> they paid a lot of money for that, but, uh, that pleasure. Um, I'm with you, kid. Uh, West Virginia is absolutely loaded on offense. Will Greer, Will Greer might be the best quarterback in the nation. David Sills and Gary Jennings are studs at wide receiver. I mean, both those guys should have 1,200-yard seasons. Um, they lost a few guys on defense, so I think this is going to be a shootout. I think each of us score 40-plus points, but I have West Virginia winning because I think they'll be in contention for the Big 12. So, uh, unfortunately, lost at home against the Mountaineers. I'm going to have to go with the Mountaineers as well again. Over really talented. Um, I didn't really know much about him until last year's game. Um, I believe he has a hot girlfriend as well. So he does. So I thought 
Hey, Skyler Howard had hot rolls too. We we also right. have confirmation of that. And I, I think I remember somebody talking about eating a corn dog that day, <laughs> but uh, we won't name what, names. We won't name names. <laughs> so for that reason, hot roll for the real end. So I, I just don't. Uh, I feel like maybe our defense is good enough to slow them down at the end. I feel like uh, Rear has the edge. Uh, When's the last time we beat these guys? It would have been uh, Grant Realhawk, right? Yeah. The double overtime game. Overtime. Was that 2013 or 14? Yeah, I think yeah. that was a down year for West Virginia. I yeah. think he's really done like a dance on a pretty good job the last couple of years building that team back up because he was on the hot seat there for a little while. Um, so I, I see West Virginia pulling away here 37-35. It's really their defense is going to be the whole question mark for the whole season for them. Yeah, their I defense agree. is just Swiss cheese out there. They may be in trouble, but if they're off, they're going to score points for sure. Like Texas Tech. Yeah. Old Texas Tech. Yeah. I think uh, West Virginia wins this game. 42 point game. They still have Martel Pedaway, the second string running back, who ran for like 450 yards, maybe five. I mean, he still get touches it. That was just, that was just a, a jarring loss. Um, I don't remember who the quarterback was, but his girlfriend did sack for the same pros that day. And, uh, Scott, yeah, Scott Howard. Yeah, very, very, uh, yeah. yeah. She was a nice, uh, looking, looking gal. <laughs> Take about a half hour to eat a corn dog. <laughs> God, three guys sitting behind your chair. It was just. Mouth breathing. You know, I'm too, too much off of firepower. Um, I've seen a defensive late. At the rate that they, you know, it. I don't think we'll be able to get them to grind it out. I think to try and win, it needs to be a K-State type keep away. Keep away, yeah. Um, type game, I don't think we can do that. So, I think we'll let West Virginia take it. Yeah. Awesome. So now, we all know the next week, week eight. Iowa State's got a buy. It's a victory right there. Boom. State. W. Yep. Mark it down. Next week... At home. I think it's homecoming. Homecoming against yes, Texas Tech. Yep. Texas Tech. The, the Red Raiders. And uh, sounds to me like uh, Cliff Kingsbury is trying to change his uh, back to, or trying to go to, uh, away from his old styles. He Basically, what I'd say is Cliff stepping out of the co-ed kickers and uh, trying to pick up chicks on campus now. And he's, he's growing up and trying to actually raise a football team. That's what I would say. Um I think, yeah, Cliff's trying to adopt the style of a, a Matt Rule and a Matt Campbell in the Big 12, and he's trying to go more, you know, thinking defensive style. I'm going to, you know, get stops and, and play ball control offense. So, um, looking, looking to update his style a little bit instead of, you know, wearing his shades out there, he's going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, reserved. Uh, but I still got Cyclones winning this game 31 17, couple scores on him. Um, I, I think Texas Tech is, is started to change their style, but I still got the Cyclones pulling on a victory at home. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Ryan Gosling looked like uh, he's gonna come to Ames and get a big loss. Um, they will be better on defense, uh, featuring former Last Chance U star Dakota Allen, uh, who's actually a pretty legit linebacker. Um, <clears throat> like Kit said, I think you know uh, Cliff Kinsmer is trying to change. Uh, 
get better because uh, they've always been able to score points, but they can't stop anybody. I don't think that changes this year. I think this is his last year there, and they'll have to fire the golden son, Cliff Kingsbury. But And I don't even know who's going to play quarterback. It's Is it McLean Carter or somebody like that? I don't, I don't even know. I, not that it really matters because whoever's playing quarterback there is going to be able to throw it to – you know, guys that are fast, a wide receiver. But, yeah, we should win by a couple touchdowns in this one. So, that's they're, what I got. They're going to bring Ryan Gosling in to work on that set. Yeah. And they're going to put Cliff in, in the back. <laughs> He's going to play quarterback. Yeah, they might win if that happens. That guy can sling it, man. I think this is a ground and pound game. We beat them at what they're trying to do. You know, they're, they're just starting that. Um, so, what you're an air raid... You know, when we were trying to get air at the West Coast, we didn't have the guys to ground down. Still tra- I'm not transition your form kind of thing. I'm not sold that Clint is going to go that route. Everybody talks about it. Yeah. I don't think he has the guys to be like, oh, you know. And, and in Ames, I, I think we might not give you 20 or more. So, um, so the, we beat them 97 to 23 in the last two years. That's pretty crazy. Unreal. Because of the 66-point anomaly. Yeah. But, uh, it's still impressive. Last year we went down there and really just kind of didn't let off the gas, which was awesome to see and finish out the game. Uh, we were running the football late in that game, and it was good to see. The only other game I thought we really finished on a running the football to Memphis at the end of the year. We finally got a lot of push at the end of the game. But uh, I think Ray Lima has a huge game here in the middle, um, and I think our um, I feel really good about having the quarterbacks, especially. Um, I, I just they don't have a Mahomes back. Who's, who's the quarterback route? Uh, who's their quarterback this year? Uh, McLean Carter I th- is a junior. So he might play. I don't know. I don't think they've decided. He's a smaller quarterback too. He's not yeah. like their typical like six three. Yeah, but Mahomes was more of a anomaly too. Like that kid was talented. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's a first round pick. And I expect him to still be good at the quarterback position, but not kind of all American like we've seen in the past. But um, so I feel good about the defense in that game. I think uh, I think we beat him forty five forty one. Perfect. So got got some con- uh, concise speech there with each other. So. Uh, the next week, uh, the first part of November, Iowa State travels down to uh, Kansas to face the Jayhawks. Uh, you got Iowa State traveling to uh, Allen Fieldhouse face the Jayhawks. Uh, <laughs> Jayhawks hit too many three-pointers. Uh, the roof shaking in Allen Fieldhouse. Um, but too bad, three-pointers don't matter much in football compared to touchdowns. Uh, I got Iowa State walking away pretty easily with this one. I got 40, 41 to 12. Victory for the Cyclones. Two, two, four field goals for the Jayhawks. So I got, and then after, after that game, I got David Beatty signing a one year extension because he scored 12 points in a Big 12 game. <laughs> and they're like, yep, let's sign him up for another year. They're locking down. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, we should just absolutely cruise in this. Kansas is absolutely terrible. Um, it's basically Jack tries South. Like, they'll have 10 fans there and we'll have, you know, a couple thousand. Uh, I think we win 42 to 14. Uh, you know, I read that article on David Beatty, the mess he went into to try to rebuild their scholarship players. It's just, it just makes you sad, you know, like how, 
crappy they are, and it's just it's almost impossible to get out of it. So this is why he went from a receivers coach to a head, head coach because nobody wants to take that job because it's just a train wreck. So forty two fourteen, we cruise party, high fives around. Do you mind if inherent in a mess? He's gonna leave a mess. He's, <laughs> yeah. taking, he's taking a ton of juice. And what did I say in the other night to you guys? How he has two commits right now in his freaking 19 class? One to start? Yeah. Yeah, who it's, is from Kansas, so he probably grew up a Jayhawk man. Yeah. It's not good with him not having a long extension right now. This is a game that can, you know, Iowa State in the past would go down and lose probably. Yeah. Especially if you. Um, it happened a couple years ago. Come, come off of an emotional victory the week before. Yeah. Um, I think they're too disciplined. I, I think they'll. <laughs> Uh, I think they'll shut Kansas out. Um, they're going to be a most scoring man, 21, 28, nothing, something like that. Uh, Dave Bates in a tough, tough spot. Tough until, spot. Until he gets his one-year extension. <laughs> <laughs> I got Iowa State. Uh, obviously, went in here. Uh, I'm going to go with 34-21. I think it's going to be a little bit closer just from the fact that we're going off win. Um, I think we might be a little sleepy. Uh, but I think we'll still finish down there. Um, but I, again, you know, I'm not being a dead horse here, but uh, Kansas would be terrible. So, Kansas is here. Yes, beat the dead horse again because it is Kansas. Yes. <laughs> uh, next week, we uh, travel down to... No, it's at home. Baylor is at home. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped the game. You skipped the game. Texas, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Baylor's at home, and... I think Matt Rule is, even though he's got his name all over the things, just like uh, Gundy does, he's got his names everywhere, uh, I think he's really changing the debacle that happened in Waco from a few years ago. He's changing you know, changing that team into more of a defensive style, uh, more run-focused team. Um, we'll mix it up you know, at that point. Uh, they're still developing. I think Jack Tri Stadium is going to be too much for a young team, uh, Baylor team. I got Iowa State winning 27-16. Um, and they move uh, move to be uh, I think seven and three at this point is what I got. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think uh, Iowa State should win this. Um, I have a, like two touchdowns. I think um, former Tennessee Volunteer Jalen Hurd is going to play for this team. Your receiver, right? and he's a wide receiver, and they're really high on him. I guess he's crazy athletic, so I'll be interested to see him play in person. Um, you're right. I think Rule is. Uh, building these guys up, but I think they're still at least a year away before they're really going to compete. So we should win like 35 21, something like that. Yeah, I got Iowa State winning this game. Uh, being a young team, I think Baylor will probably improve throughout the years. And I think you have a good coach there now. Uh, I still think Iowa State's going to be too much. Um, and Jack Trice, um, late in November, these guys are going to be a little chilly, maybe, from what it's cold. Uh, I think we went out and uh, win 28-26. Yeah, 28-14 State. I agree. I'm envisioning a little uh, snow. Early snow. I like it. Follow the almanac and for an early frost. Hey, will it be as cold as the Kansas game? The cicadas have been growing for weeks now. Six weeks after the first frost. Where you know the crops are progressing rather rapidly, yeah. it's going to be cold. Is it also on your moon schedule? It's a good fishing day for yeah, biting out there. That's right. <laughs> right. So I'm going to be fishing in the morning, and we're going to watch football in the afternoon. You bet. They learned that 
Baylor is the only Texas team that draws a short straw or a Roma team really to come to Ames in November. Right? Yep. It's like it's like going to Colorado. The plan in the altitude. Yeah. Maybe I'm on the plan. I don't know, but I, I think that's an edge for us. It'll be full. Um, good crowd. Now, now the game I mentioned previously, like going to Austin, Texas. Yep. Um, like just Beetle said, is Texas never comes to Ames in November, but they'll schedule the November game at Austin, like clockwork. Yep, we know it happens every year. Um, I got this as a loss for Iowa State. Now, I think this Texas staff doesn't know how to utilize their talent. They get all the talent. I don't know if they know how to utilize it. Uh, Tom Herman knows how to do a crossbar puzzle as a mental guy, but he doesn't know how to utilize getting the right 11 guys out of the field. Uh, but I still think there's too much talent for the Cyclones down in Austin, and I got Texas winning 24-13, uh, 11-point win. And it's it, Iowa State fights, but they just don't have uh, the talent as much as Texas gets those five-star kids down in the southern parts. Yeah, I got this as a, a loss, too, <clears throat> at Texas. I think it's a night game because it's the Longhorn Network, which is garbage, but that's another thing. Um, Tom Herman, this this team is going to be even better than they were last year, I think. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do at quarterback because I don't know if they've decided between Ellinger and uh, Shane Buchel. Um, both of them have experience, so that'll be interesting, but... I think defensively they'll they have some dudes. Um, so I have this really close, like 2017, something like that. But uh, I have this as a loss. Um, I think it could swing our way though, depending on how the turnover battle battle goes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Texas here down in Austin. Um, I thought last year's game, I don't know, Jacob Park was obviously not 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 with it that game. I don't know if things would change if he wasn't playing or not. Um, but we were definitely off in that game. Um, I think you're right, Rob. Tucker and it seems to sort of do is can struggle with the pieces that he has. At the quarterback position last year, I didn't feel real confident in Texas last year looking at that, that position. Defense is always really good up front. They always have some big guys that you know just can't be moved. Um, but I see us maybe winning that game early, or not winning it, but the, you know, leading the game, and then possibly Texas going back and putting Awesome. Yeah, I got that one in 28 uh, 24. Yeah, 21 14. Texas. That's it? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the top, uh, they're unknown to me. Yeah. Uh, they got talent. You just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. They, they have their pick uh, of a lot of the kids in, in Texas. The big part of that is on the lines, you know, where a lot of other teams I've stayed included are looking to get a kid with a frame and then develop him. Yeah, they can just get him straight out of high school, They're like ready, big dudes. Ready to go, you know, so, yeah. Um, I haven't followed very much, and then uh, looking into some allegations that Tom Herman started all this early morning nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tom Herman's intimidated by that game and trying to sneak him out. Yeah. Oh, loop around. Get him to Ohio State now. The conference. Yeah. He doesn't like Iowa State offering two hundred scholarships. Oh my God. Too. Jeez. I don't think just the history of the center. Really strong. 
in Austin. So, um, but a school like Texas can't offer two hundred kids, or else they're everybody's going to want to go there. So that, I, I understand the concept. So yeah. Next week, uh, the Senior Day finale in Jack Trice Stadium um, against Kansas State. Um, this is one Matt Campbell. Uh, Gets off his second night of the season. I got Iowa State winning 31-16. The reason why they win is, is Matt Campbell orders all the Taco Bells in Central Iowa to be shut down two days before the game. <laughs> so the vampire, the vampire, uh, vampire. vampire there you go. Bill Snyder can't get his game day Taco Bell. And he <laughs> makes Sean Snyder drive to Omaha to pick him up Taco Bell for the game and drive all the way back to to uh, Ames, Iowa. Throws off the game plan. And, and throws off the game plan. Cyclones <laughs> win 31-16, and it's also bulletin board material from last year's finish for this team. That's good, kid. I like that. Um, he loves his Taco Bell. He, he does love his Taco Bell, and that's the key to living to 150, I guess. Uh, I honestly thought Stacia was going to break up with me last year during this game. The stuff... I was in the stands. Yeah, you were there. I'm the stuff that was coming out of my mouth during the fourth quarter should never be spoken again. I swear to God, if we lose to this guy again, I I don't know if I can watch football anymore. I really hope he dies on the sideline <laughs> during the game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think we I think we finally win too. It's just, it's time, man. Like we need this game, like as a fan base, as a team, because K State is what we should be. Winning eight games every year, we need to take over their spot as the sometimes competing but top tier Big Twelve team. And I hope this is the start of that. So, win at home by touchdown against the Vampire to finish the season eight and four, which uh, I'd be really happy with. I think. And I haven't finished eight and four too. Well too so. uh, Kansas State's defense, Kansas State's pass defense specifically was the second worst rating in the country last year. They're 85. Um, I think we turn them over at a critical time to win the game. But to me, I, I see a win would put us at 84, a loss at 75. I don't think you can call it a failure either way. Um, but I think we finally get into that. We finally get Bill. Yeah. But a lot of animosity has gone toward, toward Bill Snyder. But, but he's, a, he's a good dude. By all accounts, he's a good man. And he sent he sent a lot of uh, nice notes to our guys, and of course, you know, never lost Iowa State. So I, in my entire fandom, I've only seen us beat Bill Snyder one time. 2005. I was 20 years old. But that wasn't Bill Snyder. That was Bill Snyder's this last year before Ron Prince. I thought it was, I thought it was no, we beat Ron Prince in 2007. So that's good. I, I thought we had never, you know, I thought I was still better. No, it feels like it. 2005. Yeah, and if you remember, there's a lot of turnovers in that game in 2005. Yeah, we were, we were actually only up about four, and they turned the ball over, over three, yep. like three possession throws. I think it'll be similar. <laughs> that's the only way we can. You got to win the turnover battle. I hate this game every year, obviously for the reasons we just talked about. Um, <laughs> last year, was, I, uh, yeah, I, I was I flipped out basically after the game, and I knew Kim was down there. I don't want to get into the specifics of the end. Obviously, some things that go our way, but it wasn't the overall reason that we lost. I think 
Yeah, we did. But um, either way, I thought we were going to win that game last year. And like every year, I think we got a chance. We got a chance, and uh, we come away sad. Um, so I think this is the year. We get them at home. Uh, I think we beat them 24-21. And we don't have to talk about this game as much in detail anymore. Gotcha. So what did you guys have them finishing up? 8-4. So we're all in that. And you thought the Iowa game was going to matter. Well, Me picking against the well, the Cyclones. <laughs> okay, so that kind of finishes up the preview here. Now, I have a question for you guys. So say if you are 8-4, and four, so this is towards Rob, maybe. Yeah, because he, I know, just, he wants to make me mad. Because I know <laughs> what Rob has said in the past to say say some stuff. So I've said a lot of stuff, so you got to be more specific. Well, this is where this question is going. Okay. So what did you say about Paul Rhodes after the 2011 season, Rob? The 2011 season? Yes. They finished 6-7. and, seven so, and Yep, they, they lost, lost the bowl game yes. against Rutgers, right? Yep. Pinstripe Bowl? Yes. What did I say? Yeah. I don't remember. You don't remember saying this? Well, I know that I thought 2012 was supposed to be the year that we were going to well, take I thought you said step. it was after 11, he should have been fired. No, no. I said okay. after 2000, 2012, he should have been fired because that, that was the year they should have been 8-4, and 9-3. And, and, and they ended up 6-7, and seven, losing the Liberty Bowl against a team they already okay. beat. Okay. It was so 2012. A little bit off there. So it was a year the following year. Following year. Okay. I 100% stand by that. Should have so, been fired. Okay. So I have a question. Matt Campbell this year goes 6-6 six and six and loses the bowl game. Is he fired in your book now? Because, no, because... Because he's regressing according to what you would say. No. It's not even close to being the same. <laughs> not even close. Matt huh? Campbell's won 11 games in the last two years. So has Cliff Kingsbury. No, Cliff Kingsbury's home. <laughs> I'm just saying is... is you, no, this is not even close to the same. Paul Rose got there in 09. He went six and six, won the bowl game to go seven and six, right? He had nineteen wins in his first Jeez. three years. If Matt Campbell goes six and seven this year, he has eighteen wins. It's I'm not. Saying, it's not the same. Yeah, I you, agree you can't tell me this is the same. I'm saying recruiting's better. I'm just saying is is now you're hung up on. Well, now he's a big name. I'm just saying is you got to watch out on how you put your things and say he lost. All right, so 2012. The year before, they went 6-6, six and six, right? Okay. Lost the bowl game. The next year, they had two all-Big 12 linebackers, correct? Yep. And one of them was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, so or Cole. the same thing and, about how good they were. And are. they returned, like, all these guys on offense, all these guys on defense. Did you not expect them to go more? So, so you're saying if they don't live up to expectations this year, you're questioning Matt Campbell? Paul was already there for, like, six years. It's different. No. That 2000, uh, 2012, he got there in 09, right? 09, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, so Campbell's on his third year. What's the difference between year three and year four? This is year three. I was talking about going into year four. Do you not expect Coach Campbell to be better next year? Yeah, but what is your Because of the recruiting class. What Have you re- not looked at 2019? I agree. You're looking at recruiting there, and you're not looking at... Exactly so who did Paul Rose recruit? Tell me right now. Hey. They still had six victories in some of those seasons. Yeah, I, I agree, because Rob. AJ Klein and Jake Knott covered up a whole bunch of shit. 
I, I, I know mean, you're just trying to poke the bear, but you're you're, this is so you're stupid. You're looking at recruiting classes and trying to weigh your expectations and say, well, the recruiting is getting better for sure. You don't know until they're on the field. I'm just, I, I I'm just going to leave. I agree. Campbell should stay. But I'm just saying is, is based off of your logic. It's not the same. You uh, know it, and I know it. Whatever. No. I, you guys. You guys is that the same? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Who did Paul win with? It's not the same. Thank you. Hey, I'm just trying to point out that your sometimes your logic isn't always the greatest on that. Just situation. just because you that's like comparing apples and oranges. It's not the same. Yeah, they're both a fruit, but I, I, right? Hey, I'm just trying to wave the expectations out here because I just don't want us turning into the Hawkeyes where people are. I don't in, expect to win ten games like they do. Yeah. I don't. I, that's what I, I think peak, peak us is eight wins, seven to eight wins every year with the occasional 10-win season. So is I, that is that nuts? I just I just don't want you to flip a switch all of a sudden and be like, nope, I don't want this guy, kind of like you did with Paul Ritz. I was fine when he got fired. I, I was fine with the time frame. So were fired. you happy with 2013, 14, 15? Yeah. Well, I'm not happy, but I'm I wasn't ready to fire a coach after he just signed to extension the year before. What gets lost here is when you when you're an athletic director and a non athletic director, there's a lot more that goes into it than wins and losses. If you look at Baylor, for example, you look at everything we can to keep our brows there. You so look at a fan so base that was showing up too. Let's look at your season tickets, let's get your fan base. Um the culture that you've created, are you graduating kids, are kids getting in trouble? Um, but all that, all that factors in. You know, the, the it's, I, it's, it's not all about wins and losses. It's I not, agree. It's not all about wins and losses. I agree too. And when we had our discussion about our favorite seasons, what did I say was mine? 2009, which was Paul Rhodes. I liked the guy, but he was. It was the same thing that happened to McCorney, right? Yes. That he had to get fired because they were never going to get better. Because let's look at 2004 and 2005. Should they have won the Big 12 North both years? Yes. Did they? No. I'm just saying is, is I want to make sure that you're you're holding people to the same standards. And that's what... Matt Campbell's had sure. two years. <laughs> One was with Paul Rhodes' shitty-ass players. Hey. Stirring the pot. Yeah, like, That's I like exactly. It. I wanted to stir the pot here a little bit with Rob because I know, and his face is red. Right now. <laughs> it's because you ask stupid questions. Hey, I, I bet there's some Hawkeye fan out there wondering the same thing if Matt Campbell regresses, if what Cyclone fans are going to say. <laughs> You're an idiot. Not the cards. Can we disagree that Kit's an idiot? Because that would make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically Mike and no, 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 no. This is what the people want to hear. Kit asks me dumb questions, and me getting no, mad. not dumb questions. I want questions that uh, get people questioning, questioning what's going on here. I guess we had a lot of conversations, Kit. I remember about firing Paul Rose, and I was always first to stand up, and you're always back saying, "Do you really think you need fired?" And I don't know, I. I I don't know. I should have had a lot of conversations about it. They said nothing was going to change. What's a new coach going to do? Well, I think we're already seeing it. Well, at the right time, though. Who would we hired in 2012? Well, well technically it would have been 2013. Whatever. It's an unknown. We don't, we don't know. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things is 
I agree with Beetle is the athletic director has a lot more ideas and out there. It, it has to do with contracts. I understand that. Yes. Like, it, maybe it wasn't realistic at the time, but he shouldn't have lasted until 2015. And, and right? I, I'm fine with the year. Would we have gotten Matt Campbell at that point, or would we have been sitting there with freaking PJ Fleck talking crap up and, and sleeping? Or Maybe we would have got my boy Willie Fritz to sound at Tulane and run uh, triple option. And freaking. Uh, PJ Fleck would be trying to sleep, sleep, uh, hold kids in hotel rooms to get him commit. Freaking. Hey, we would be rowing the boat with the, uh, everybody. Row the boat. Row the boat. I'm, I don't mind PJ Fleck. I just don't know if I would want him as my coach. I don't think we would have hired PJ Fleck. But it's one of those things. It's I'm happy with the timing of it now because yeah, because Campbell's great. Coach. Yes. I just. But uh, it goes. It goes back to what Jamie wants. He wants a guy that's relatable, cares about the school. Don't you agree that Matt Campbell and Paul Rhodes both were that? Yep. And I think that's probably why Rhodes stayed I as will, long as he did. And I will say this: Paul Rhodes may have not had development on the football field, but did he develop a fan base? Yeah. And I, agree and I, that, and I admitted that. And I agree. That's Jamie Pollard probably helping there too. But yeah, Paul Rhodes developed a fan base where every year they were selling more and more season tickets. Yes, yeah, which is yeah, amazing. Oh, don't get me started with that shit. The USC junior. <laughs> your, your boy, Paul, doesn't know what Twitter is. God. Oh, I'm going to flip this table over. I want to talk about Paul Why don't we just talk about Beatles' favorite coach, Gene Chizik? I'd rather talk about that. He brought in some stud recruits. Your boy, KO, who's still one of the best guards in the NFL. Would Paul Rhodes have recruited him? I don't know. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. I think Gene Chizik is a good man. <laughs> I think he's come around. You still have his coin in your back pocket every day you leave out the door? <laughs> well, the coin down, but, um, Did you actually have one of those? No. I oh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is a good man. I, I think he, you know, some of the stuff that he put on Twitter, I, I think he's had a little time to reflect um, his experience in our state. Um, he didn't want not. Never, he did not want to be here. Yeah. Hey, we could have had Art Bryles instead, and uh, we could be Bailey right now. Allegedly, yes. Because he was. This is before he went to Stanford. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The same players at that time than, than uh, anybody to this point. So. Yeah, your favorite guard, Hayworth Hicks. Cam. Yeah. You know, AJ Klein was a was, was not a, a good guy. Group, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's can't or uh, uh, Johnson. Chizik actually had recruited him and signed him, but yeah, LJ Paul actually was the only one to play with him. Thanks. <laughs> Should we talk about? Uh, <laughs> Your favorite recruits that never amounted to anything, like JJ Bass. He was a four star, four star JUCO. Yeah, they did. JJ Bass had a good game though. He played. He had a hundred yards against. Uh, was it Iowa? Something like that. Cedric Johnson would have been another one out there. That yes, Johnson. Four star. Yeah. He had he had offers from like A and M and like all these big schools. He, he, he was, was trash. One, he was the one that had two sign, uh, letters of intent out there. One for like A and M. His dad had signed, and, and his mom wanted him to go to Iowa State, right, yeah, or something his mom like that. Had signed at Iowa State one or something. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> Former Florida player. Former Florida Bo Williams. Mandingo. Kid, did you have any uh, other <laughs> stupid things to ask me? No, that was. I just wanted to that call, was it. I just to call you out because I know you you hated. Well, you had the wrong year too. It was 2012. Whatever. I tried to do some research. It was after I they just, lost the. I just know you you wanted him gone after that year, and I think the timing was right, and I'm gonna stick by it. You think 2015 the timing was right? Yes. Oh my god, he should have been gone. Even if they didn't go by my asinine time frame, 2014 should have been the year. He got fired. That it, I don't know. Matt Campbell? I'm just, I don't know. You gotta take the Matt Campbell equation out of it completely. Like, I mean, he's our coach now. Like, back then, who knows what could yeah. have been. Maybe something better? Maybe something worse? Yes. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. Yeah. I think it's a no-walk. I don't think you can look back and say, well, I should have paid Rob. I, I, well, it, it, I don't know what Rob's been. It, it set us back, though. We could have been better by 2016. Instead, we had to wait till last year, right? Who knows? We don't. I mean, we don't know. But you, you basically had multiple seasons in a row where we knew we weren't going to be good. Like, you remember going into the 2014 season? Yeah, we're trash. 2015, same thing. Did you think we're going to win six games? We're focused on basketball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so My point stands. I, I'm with the way it's going right now, and if it keeps progressing, I'm happy with the time. Hundred percent happy, and I and I was I, I'm okay with owning up to this. And you know, what, I am. You know what I'm going to say is too is sometimes when you're looking at a buyout for somebody, sometimes it's worth just eating because you know what fans were still showing up and paying. You know, if 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 if, if we only had fifteen thousand fans at games, he would have been gone way before that. The fan support kept him. So if you oh, 100%. Tell, tell me something. If you would have stopped going, that would have helped fire. Why did you keep going at that point? Because I love Iowa State football. Honestly, if we still I had Coach Ross, my modest donation would still get me a good parking pass. <laughs> exactly. And we got bumped down because we're better now. Yeah, see. You're, you're we might be in, able to park in like uh, C2 or yeah, C3 yeah, maybe, or maybe, C1, I mean. Maybe we should have fired Rhodes earlier so that we could have got uh, – we could have got some uh, guy that had already been fired again. Like, we could have got a David Beatty, and we would still be down there. Yeah, we could be Kansas and have great seats. Sit, like, 50-yard line, about third row up. On the track? Uh, yeah, just stay on the track. Just walk down there. I doubt they stop anybody. <laughs> uh, so, you guys, you guys see how an 8-4, where do you think we where do you think we go just off the top of your head? Uh, Bull games? Um, I think, depending on how everything shakes out, We'll have a chance at the the Camping World Bowl, which is that Orlando one, or the Alamo Bowl, depending on how it shakes out. And that's that's two of our top games, I believe. That's not uh, New Year's Six, right? I, I, I some people have camp uh, the Cactus Bowl. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's in Phoenix, right? In Phoenix, at, and uh, I think that would be a great trip to go back out there because. We haven't been there since, like, 2000. The Inside Bowl, the Inside worst game. bowl game of all time. Uh, and I'd rather go there than, you know, Florida would be another one that would be nice to you, but I don't, you know, I don't the want to Alamo Bowl would be cool. San Antonio's yeah. a good town. Yeah. I think this is the uh, first year that we have basketball and football postseason. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Not basketball, but. Yeah. Well, we'll do a basketball one here uh, in a couple months. Are you going to be more dialed into that since you don't care about football? Um, <laughs> I, it's not that I don't care about football, but uh, they're kind of, a lot of, I don't know, I just don't, 
the NFL. You know, there's a lot of controversy. Crap, the NFL. Right, their NFL team's been pretty poor. They're not gonna be that great this year. You know, it's a busy time for me, so I, I just, you know, to me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Iowa State football fan. Yeah, I know. And it's up to some of this other crap. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, it's it's amazing to me to look back at how far Iowa State has come. Oh, for sure. Compared to. Um, some of the just watching some, some clips to try and get prepared for this. Uh, watch the TCU game. They had that the X cam of that's all the cables, you know, yep. and looking behind the uh, behind the offensive line. Not one they, fixed camera up by the press box. <laughs> right, looking <laughs> behind the offensive line, facing south at the new south end zone, full stadium. Um, you know, we've got them in the you know, we all look like Permian High. We want to cement and then it's on your side. So. Yeah. You know, it is incredible to see. Danny Carney, Gene Chesney, Paul Ritter, and most of all, Jimmy Paul Ritter, but he had a hand in it. It is amazing. Even look at all the other sports that have helped grow, too. Like, you know. Freaking the volleyball team makes the freaking NCAA tournament every year in like last 15 years. I mean, building a whole group that can consistently make postseasons helps build uh, just a whole athletic department that will help. Even though I know they're not profit, but just the overall stature of an athletic department that way. Yeah, that's true. All right, did we got anything else to go over? Well, that was only I mean, this is I a. To throw at you. <laughs> It's been a pretty lengthy. You guys got any questions you want to talk about? Just excited for the season. Hopefully, we do even better than eight and four. I mean, how cool would it be if we finally have the first ten game win or win ten wins season ever for Iowa State? And we go down to uh, Dallas for a Big Twelve title game. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Hey, you never know. You know, this could be the team. Yes, you know, you or we know. or we go six and seven and Campbell needs to get fired. Yeah, according to uh, Rob. According to my logic. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank our special guest Riley and Bead. Um, I really always appreciate you guys uh, coming on, and it's even better that you got to be here in person. So, yeah, this, yeah. Fir- this first one we had the uh, complete setup about using Skype this time. Yep, so we first have- full studio moment here. So, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. So, um, I believe we're gonna record next week. For episode six. Um, so, everybody, stay tuned for that. And uh, hopefully, go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. And I hope that you uh, enjoyed this podcast. I know it's kind of lengthy, but uh, we'll see you back on Welcome to the Dog Pound. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown Where people don't visit, they move out here And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick Cause that's when my city used to be real sick People from other cities used to drive for miles Just to come and get a taste of this ATL I'm the MVP, most ballin' this player Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the velvet room, same shit Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door
Thursday night was plush, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth drunk, acting the fool Friday night at Kaya, they still got love And the shark bar be popping like it's a nightclub Saturday still off the heezy for sheezy You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday, getting me some sleep, please I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease Holla! Hey, yo, I'm from New York, man Representing NYC to the front